last week we talked about, we started a series, and we know that we're living in days where churches have to decide where we're going to be and what we're going to do. And we, we've decided as our Savior's church, we're going to be a church that is a godly church. Amen. Amen? And our politics are the Bible, and what the Bible says about whatever you might be wondering about, what the world says, we know that culture, listen, culture changes. But that means there's hope for this world. And we know when the world gets dark and our society gets dark, we know that God says that we're a light and we should be coming brighter and brighter every day. And that we know that the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Amen? Amen. It's the hope that people are looking for. I know that people are, one or two things that are happening in people's lives on our society is that many people, you know, with things that are being decided, things that we hear, and with the, the tragic thing that happened this week where the uh, Marines and a Navy men were, were shot. I mean, it just grieves us, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, and many of us are alarmed what's happening in our country, but I believe this, that God is calling our country back to himself. When you invite gods from other worlds and other places and other nations in our society, it will change the way we look. Yeah. And so what God wants us to do is he wants us to have eyes on him. And last week I talked about getting past your past. And, you know, we, we started a series, but last week we talked about overcoming labels that bind you. And we know that many people we talked about, there's labels, there's people that call us names or things we live by and how God sets us free and how basically what I shared is in how God gives you a new name. And not only a new name, but a new purpose. And he gives you a new future. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go on online and, and, and at OSC Connect and you can listen to the podcast there and see what we share. But today I want to talk to you about is something that, and I talked about last week, and I talked about, we're going to talk about the F word this morning. What was the F word supposed to be about? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Thank you that you paid attention and you remembered. You know, so I didn't want someone to blurt out. But anyway, just, but, uh, but what's happened is we talked about, what I want to talk about is forgiveness. And people, how many of you have had, I know this, how many of you have ever been hurt? Everybody raise your hand. Come on. You know, today we're going to talk about that. And absolutely all of us in some way have been affected by a word or something. He said, said something or somebody did. And, and, and sometimes it can be something as simple as a miscommunication. How many of you have had miscommunication and it caused a rift in your marriage? And it caused you maybe to lay on the couch. I didn't, I didn't need any hands on that one. But if you, wanted to, you feel like a volunteer spirit comes on you, just keep raising it up. But what happens is that sometimes it's just simple. It can be a miscommunication. It can be something where, you know, the enemy uses it and he begins to misrepresent. We begin to have misunderstanding. It drives a wedge between two people and sometimes even for people for years just because of a misunderstanding. And we allow the enemy to get in there and put some seasoning on it. And then all, we begin to eat it and we go, wow. And, then we, and we allow him to entertain us with things that God never intended. And see, other times it can be outright just intentional betrayal. You know, where someone did something very cruel. But see, there, there are those who are here right now that, that your heart is hurt. Even when I say it, even when I talk about the word forgiveness or unforgiveness and there's something in your heart, you, you know, someone, you know, someone's wounded you, maybe lied to you or taken advantage of you, or, or you just, it's kind of like that, when you talk about forgiveness, it's like that fresh wound, or it's like someone coming, and you have an open wound, and, and it's like got a scab, but they rub that scab off, and it's like all of a sudden, you start dealing with it, and thinking it about again, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and that's what happened, others of you worried about, you know, you, you, uh, you were wounded in your past, and so what happened, you've, you've managed to bury that thing, 
and you think you can still function okay, but you still have that buried. And see, this morning, is it, you know, are you, and you're just going acting like, you know, everything's okay and, until something sparks anger or that bitterness begins to take place or that thing that all of a sudden you think of that moment. And see, anytime I take a message like this, people say, well, pastor, you don't really know what I've walked through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's happened to me. It could have been someone that, that gossiped about you. It could have been maybe someone that, that at work betrayed you. It could have been a close friend and they betrayed your trust. Maybe not that or a child or someone, maybe one of your children rejected you and said some things about you and it wounded you. And all of a sudden inside of you, you've got things in you and you just feel like, man, these are things that, I, or it could be your spouse where they betrayed you or, or, or something, you know, they, they, they lied to you about something or they cheated on you or, or it could be you're angry and, 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 and you just don't, you know, you're no longer living, you know, the way that you prayed that you wanted to be. Or maybe you've been mad at God. Because maybe he didn't answer a prayer that you were really hoping and that he really needed to answer. Am I in the right church? You know, there wasn't really something that God really did. And you were hoping that God would do something and it just didn't get done and he didn't do it. It might be you're angry at yourself because you can't forgive yourself for things that you've done or things that you've said. You see, and I've, I've, I, okay, I got through with my list, all right? What I've been praying all week long is this, is that, that, that what's impossible with us or impossible with us would be possible through God this morning. You see, here, this is, if there's unforgiveness in your, in your heart, I'm believing that the power of the Holy Spirit through the living word of God will give you the ability to have the supernatural take place in your heart and in your spirit this morning. And see, this morning, that, that's to forgive those who have hurt you or even to forgive yourself. Why in the world would, would, would I forgive someone who hurt me or hurt someone I love? Why would I do that? You see, number one is this, because unforgiveness ultimately hurts me. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says, look after each other, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness, underline that, root of bitterness, grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. I've had issues with roots in trees that are in my backyard. The tree that I hate the most, if you've planted it in someone's yard, is a banana tree. How many of you have ever had issues where you thought you were going to cut the banana tree down and it comes right back? They're hardy plants. I lived, when, I, when Tracy and I lived in Broussard, we bought a house. It was about a year old, and someone had a, a banana tree, and it was cute. It was nice. It was kind of looked nice. But, man, after a couple of years, it became a monster. And I remember when I'm going, I'm, you know, and if you know me, I'm just going to whack it, stack it, you know, whack it and stack it. And, I mean, I whacked it and everything, and then, man, it, it, like, Six months later, it was twice as much. And then one day, literally, I was just so mad at this banana plant. It was just, it was an irritable looking plant, okay? And I went out there with a shovel, and I dug and dug till I could dig no more. I mean, literally, I dug everything I could, and I end up getting to the root. Because, see, this is what happens a lot of times. People try to deal with the fruits of unforgiveness in their life, and they say, well, I just take care of that. 
then everything will be okay. But sometimes you got to get to the root because it'll keep growing. I mean, you know I'm talking about. And see, so what happens is the Bible says, be careful that you don't watch that a root of bitterness get up inside of you. In other words, something that's like a taproot that gets down, and what happens, it, it begins to feed your mind, feed your spirit, feed your heart, and it feeds you things that maybe not, maybe not even be true. It's something might not be true, or something towards someone that you think they're thinking something about you, or they said something about but they really didn't. How many of you I'm talking about on that one? So what happens, many of us are living with a root of bitterness. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? We're not even completely aware of it because we learn to function with a grudge. Scripture says that love keeps no record of wrong. But bitterness keeps detailed records for the wrong that has been done to you. And see, many times it's like, well, you know, that person, this person. See, the root of bitterness is like a cancer to your soul. It eats away at us. It hurts our relationships with other people. Not only that, it hurts our relationship with God. So what happens is bitterness doesn't stay where it starts. I mean, I'm talking about. And so what happens is why, why forgive? Because unforgiveness is like grabbing broken glass and squeezing it with our hands. And it hurts us. You know, how many ever went to go grab something? You grab the sticker vine. Feels good, doesn't it? For everybody has a sadomasochist uh, spirit on you, you just go grab it and, you know, I mean, it's not a therapy thing. It's something that shocks you. It's like you go to grab it, you're trying to get yourself out of a situation or a circumstance, and you're like, oh! And so for many of us, I know that for me, when my parents got divorced, I was bitter toward my mom and I was bitter toward other people. And I got, it started, I was mad. I was hurt, but it led to bitterness. And the Bible says, if you go from hurt to bitterness, it's a principle, it's a biblical. If you go from hurt to bitterness, then you go to death. You might not kill them physically, but in your mind, you're doing, you're murdering them constantly. Y'all are quiet. Are y'all listening or am I just, okay, y'all with me? Okay. We'll make sure we're on a journey, but we're going somewhere. I promise. You know, you know, the Bible tells us many times that remember what happens is when we get bitterness, you know, stay there. But what happens, we got to remember this. How many of you know you're in a race? Paul said we're in a race and you run towards the prize. In other words, what happened, you surround, what has to happen, you have to get around people that are going to be positive and going to be real and speak truth in your life. But sometimes we don't like people telling truth because it hurts. And what happens is sometimes people that are truth tellers, people that love the word of God, they'll see something in your life and they love you enough to tell you. They will inconvenience you to tell you what they see. And sometimes we go, and we, instead of taking the correction, we think it's rejection. So if it's rejection, what happens is we go to bitterness. We go to hurt. Well, they're just trying to hurt me like everybody else is trying to hurt me. You see, why, we're in a race. We're supposed to be cheering people. We're, 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 the Bible says we're to lay aside anything that weighs us down. In other words, listen, when you're running a race, and I've run some 5Ks and things like that, let me tell you, you're stripping down, okay? You're like, I got to get the lightest shoes, socks that you don't, can't even tell that they're there, a shirt that, you know, I can sweat a little bit, and it'll cool me off, and shorts, you know, the, you know, you know, you know, those short shorts. And because you, what's happening is you don't want weight. 
Because weight is a drag. And say, look at me. Let me, saints of God, people, let me just tell you something. There's some of you, you're carrying a weight, and it's dragging you. And you're going, man, I just want to be free. I feel like I could be free in the Lord. Listen, you come a point, and even in your times when intimacy with God, the Holy Spirit will begin to say, hey, how about this? And we go, no, Lord, we took care of that. You can't bury it. Hello? Because see what happens in the Roman times when, when someone, if you would murder someone or there would be something you had towards someone or you killed someone out of, out, of, out of vengefulness, what they would do, the Romans would do this. They would tie that person that you murdered and they would tie them to your body. And the very death that got on them and the rigor mortis and the disease would carry on to you. And see, that's what happens when we carry death when we carry things that don't bring life and fruitfulness in our lives, it's like the enemy uses that to tie it on to us, and we're thinking we're getting life, but all of a sudden we don't realize that there's death hooked on to us. Am I making sense this morning? And so what happens is that same death that we thought, you know, if I, and so isn't it amazing the very people that you sometimes have a hard time forgiving or you walk in and forgive, you become like them? I've had people, you know, my mama, she's this and this, and I'm like, Wow, everything you just described, that's you. (laughs) Come on. Because what happens is the very thing that you don't deal with, the very thing that you don't get to the root to becomes a part of you. And see, that's the incredible thing about the power of the Holy Spirit, that he will come in our moments of intimacy with him, that time of prayer, a time of the word. Because see, when I get in the word, it's not I'm reading the word, but the word should be reading you. What happens is the Bible reads us for who we are and what's going on. Are y'all with me? So we have to realize God loves us when necessary. He will discipline us. We're to be careful of bitterness towards those who enjoy God's grace. What do you mean? See, sometimes what happens is when we see other people walking into God's grace or God's favor or uh, just a, a time of, of God just being on their lives, and what happens, we have to be careful. Then, you know, well, how come they get away with that and I got busted? That ain't right. You know, I've been going to church for 10 years, and they got a healing today. And I hadn't missed a Sunday, and they hadn't been here for three. Don't get bitterness at the grace of God on someone else's life. You see, what happens is, in this way, if you're not careful, the grace of God in the lives of others can produce the root of bitterness in our own. You see, how many of you ever played the game Angry Birds? Come on, the rest of you are liars. If you have children below 14 and below, you've at least seen it and you go, what the heck is that? I'll be honest with you. I played it maybe 10 times and I realized I wasn't good at it. So I got angry and I didn't want to root bitterness to get in me. So I got no. If you if you haven't played, you're a little angry bird and you're angry at these pigs and you get in a slingshot, and they pull you, and you roll, and then you just, you kind of, you shoot, and you destroy the pigs. But what happens when you land, your little bird lands, and it rolls, and then it blows up. Why would you want to go around holding a grudge that only hurts yourself? You know, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and hoping that the person, you know, hoping that it kills the other person that you're bitter toward. It's true. 
You see, the second thing is, why do I need to forgive? See, because I will need forgiveness again. How many of you know that we need forgiveness? You see, the Bible says in Matthew, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But, but, now you know, Pastor Bubba, you know what I've said. But means this, where's your but in the scripture? Okay, your but, see, there's buts in the Bible. And sometimes you need to say, where's my but in this? My but, it says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not, if you refuse, will not forgive your sins. How many of you want that one? How many of God's good? How many of you know God's fair? How many of God's merciful? How many, of you, how many of you know that grace demands a response from us too? You see, and so what happens is, is this, is if you get the point over and over, Jesus told another story about a master who had a servant. And what he did, and that, and that servant owed the master 10,000 talents. And did, did you know that if you do a little research, 10,000 talents actually means about, that, that means you would have to labor for about 160,000 years to pay off this debt. In other words, it was a little over $2 billion. Okay? What happened? So this guy owed another guy $2 billion. I mean, that's a lot of money. We're not talking jingle jangle. We're talking folding money. And so what happens is every, everybody would be going, well, how could, he, how could he repay that? There's no way. He's going before this king, and he's expected to pay back $2 billion. And people are going, that brother's going to jail. Not only they're going to put him in a little room. And what happens is, is it, that, so the servant begged for mercy. And, the, and well, the, the wild thing is the master showed mercy. How many of you know if you owe $2 billion, you imagine getting your visa card? Come on. If, if it was like $100,000, baby, what did you buy? Maybe I didn't do anything. You know, I, I read an article. It's amazing how our government knows everything about you. It knows your, you know, right now they're doing a study. Right now, they're doing a study where you live, what neighbor you live in, how you spend your money. I'm serious. What you look at on your phone, what you watch on TV. Hello. All your practices, and, and they're fixing to compare some things and draw some conclusions, and they're going to try to use that information to divide people in our country. So you're like, What? But what happens is, think about this. This servant went back to his village, and he's forgiven. How many of you would be happy about being forgiven $2 billion? Or $100,000 visa bill? Okay, you're saying, Pastor Bubba, I don't need $100,000. Just that, that $1,200 I got, I'd be like. He's, he should be excited. I mean, I would be like wired. I'd be telling everybody. I'd be an evangelist. And what happens is, is it. The servant went back to his village, and there was a guy that owed him a day's wages. One day. Now, this guy would have been working 160,000 years. Think about it. And this guy goes, hey, will you forgive me? And the servant said, no, man. Ain't happening. And the master, the master found out about the unforgiveness of the servant. And here's what the Bible says. Look what it says. Matthew 18, verse 32 through 35. Look what it says. Then the king called in the man who had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. 
Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That means he wasn't getting out. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You say, Pastor, what is, what is it really saying? Bible's saying this. It's an example to us. It's a picture. Jesus is telling a word picture for us to understand. How many of you believe in eternity? He said, look, when you forgive, there'll be eternity in your heart. Life with me. But if you don't forgive, he's given a picture. But if you don't forgive, you know what happens? You'll be separated from me for all out of eternity. Because your heart wasn't in the right. Because a root of bitterness overcame the root of forgiveness. You see, I believe that. So how do I forgive someone who's hurt me so deeply, Pastor Bub? I'm glad you're asking all these great questions. Very direct. Very direct. It's, it's interesting to me in my own life how I really, I embrace God's forgiveness. How many of you be like, when you ask for God, how many of you go, God, forgive me, and you really mean it, you cry out, and you go, God, forgive me. Come on. And we're going, but often I'm slow to give mercy to some other people. How many of you talking about sometimes? Oh, that son of mine, shoo, I'm going to make him suffer. Oh, my wife, whoo, no. You know, she forgave me, but I ain't forgiven. I'm giving her silent treatment. She's going to get back payment, what she deserves. Come on, you know what I'm Look at me. I used to do that, but I realized I was hurting myself more than I was hurting her. And sometimes I'd go, well, I'm cutting you off. You have to cut me off. I'm cutting you off. I was cutting myself off. That's a stupid man. Because when you're young, you're stupid. How many I'm talking about? And all those other young, older men that were stupid when they were young, can you come in and raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Bubba. Come on. And all you young men are going, I hadn't figured it out yet, but I'm raising my hand. See, when people fall, don't rub it in. Rub it out. Forgive them. As soon as you forgive, it releases forgiveness at that very moment. Some of you, why you're not enjoying the fruits of the Spirit in your life is because you've allowed things to get a hold of you, and it grips you, and that very thing holds your life. See, what I've got to learn to do is, that, you know, it's like, and for us, it's sometimes it's hard when someone has done something tragic or very hurtful or, or vengeful or on purpose towards you, and you've got to walk in that room, and you've got to, you got, God, help me. We all know people who are in torment and in prison because they're just not going to forgive someone that wronged them. How many are talking about? You see, Sometimes we need to pray like this. God, forgive me for not forgiving. Huh? Lord, I don't feel like forgiving. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. God, forgive me. Lord, change my heart. Sometimes we need God to change our heart. See, the great thing is that he'll not only forgive. The thing I love about God, he forgets. I'll say that one again. The great thing about God is not only that he forgive, but he has amnesia. And he forgets. The Bible says never to bring it back to our remembrance. 
But don't, like, don't we like to remind people what they did to us? See, that's the key. You know, well, you know, last time you, you know, you, you see, so how do I forgive someone who's hurt me so deeply? Here it is. Pray for those that hurt you. Oh, I'll pray for them. I'm going to pray they get herpes. I pray that they get hemorrhoids. I pray that, you know, I mean, their bowels fall out. God, I pray. Come on. Some of you got awoke. What did he say? <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm talking about. Come on. Because you know what? I've been hurt in life, and I can remember that first time God started dealing with me to pray, and I remember I was like, Lord, I pray for him, kill him. And my problem's gone. Lord, no. You know what the Lord spoke to me? You know what the Holy Spirit spoke? I want you to pray that I bless them. Oh, no. It's like you want to say, God, anything but. Not that one. And you know, the cool thing is, God started putting a love in my heart for that person that I didn't have before. And when I saw him at a Toys R Us one day, I, they just looked at me, hey, Bubba, how's it going? I said, hey, man, I've been praying for you. Really? What you been praying? I said, God bless you. And you know, when I walked out of there, I was free. Because I could have been praying, you know, I could have been praying there. Oh, I've been praying for you. Oh, what you been praying? You don't want to know. <laughs> you know. What's that sack you're carrying? Oh, okay. Your bowels fell out. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we don't want that. Y'all not talking about. Come on, can I just be real? If you want a fake pastor, we can get one next week. But it ain't going to be Pastor Josh. But see, the thing is, we know, no, no, we pray like Jesus prayed. Remember, he prayed what he prayed on the cross when they were hurling accusations toward him. Oh, if you're the son of God, come off that cross. If you're the son of man, prophesy and tell us what. But send the angels. Oh, maybe you need to cry out a little louder because he can't hear you, Jesus. You know what he prayed? You remember what he prayed? What did he pray? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, pastor, there's been people that they know what they're doing. I'm not saying they're not. But there are other people you just need to pray, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. You see, what's interesting, right right while they were hunting, hurting him, he prayed. You know, in Matthew, it says it like this, Matthew 5, 43. You've heard it that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Hating your enemy was totally normal because, you know, the crazy thing is the Romans of that day, they actually, they actually worshipped the God of revenge. It was a God they would go pray for. Pray to. You know, there was actually a a set of Jews that were called the Zealots. And they thought, well, if we can't, if God doesn't come with his kingdom, we're going to force the kingdom on people. Are you hearing me? It's just kind of like ISIL. You know, if we can't get all of the things, we'll force it on people. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know that doesn't work too well? 
And so what happens is, is that they were, they, were, they were praying to this word. And the Jews taught, remember they taught in the Old Testament, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Someone cuts off your arm, go cut their arm off. I've heard people even say that, you know, I wish we lived like in the old days. You know, that guy used to steal. How you know he ain't got no hand? He used to walk in lust. He lost one eye and he, got, he learned his lesson. His daddy is blind. <laughs> Listen, you poke someone's eye out, but that doesn't keep you from lusting if you have the spirit of lust on you. Come on. You see, what happens is he's saying this. Is someone, you know, Jesus then says something that would have been shocking and revolutionary. And he says, but I say, this is what Jesus says in the next verse, verse 4. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Chances are pretty good. Some of you may say, well, I don't want to pray for them. I don't feel like it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know feelings come and go? There's some days that you, want to, you feel romantic. And there's other days murder has entered your mind. Am I, am I speaking the truth? Some days you love your children. You say, I'm so glad God gave you as a gift. And other days, Lord, you gave them to me. Take them home. <laughs> no, seriously. You go, how could you say that, Pastor Bubba? I have six children. I know. <laughs> I have five grandchildren. They're precious, but some days, anyway. See, Often it takes the right actions to trigger the right feelings. I'll say that again. Sometimes you have to take the right action. It's an action of faith. Hey, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. But God, I'm coming to you. Because the word of God tells me that I'm to pray for my enemies. And I'm to pray, I'm gonna, God, that you would bless them. God, you know my heart. You know where I'm at. I don't want to do this, but God, I'm going to do it because I want to be a person of your word. I want to be a person of the book. I don't want to be a false advertisement walking around. You know, maybe it's that person at your job that has kind of done things behind your back and they've been, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, it's like they've stabbed you in the back. And you start praying for them. And you see them walk through something, and then you begin to have compassion. And you can I pray for you? And you just don't know what God can do through that. I'll tell you a secret. If you pray for your enemies, for the people that bug you the most, you'll experience something in your life, an ability to love them that'll blow you away. They'll blow you away. See, why is that? Because, see, my prayers for others may or may not change them, but my prayers for others will always change me. You start there, and God can start to do a work in your heart. Because, see, really what it is, can I just tell you something? Let, let me do a survey. How many, of you want, how many of you want to walk in the love of God with people? How many of you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, even in your own personal life? How many of you want to walk when you see people that you can have compassion, even though you don't understand everything they walk through, but you can have compassion for people that you don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? 
Let me tell you, it all starts right here. See, I believe this. You know what keeps from people from many times from being able to walk in the power and the fruits of the Spirit in their life is unforgiveness. Because it's a root of bitterness. It's just a root. And if we look at the root and don't do anything about the root, then it's going to keep getting digged. You know, because see, the Bible says this. Listen, the Bible says this. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. What does that mean? Because this is what happens. I'm just going to come back here. I wish I had an example that I did and I could have brought it. My wife threw one out as a pot plant. But see, what happens is when people come to church on Sundays sometimes, and if you're a visitor and you're not sure about who we are or what we are, especially with a guy named Pastor Bubba, all right? And they're coming in, their life's like a pot plant. And they're bringing it to church, and they said, unless Pastor Josh or Pastor Bubba tells a good story, moves my heart, I ain't planting myself in here. I'm going somewhere else. And so what happens is you're like that pot plant and you're going from church to church to church to place to place to place. Are you with me? And you never get rooted so you can't get fruited. And so what happens if you're not getting fruited, you're still walking around with a taproot called bitterness. Because you're expecting, if we don't tell a good story, if we're not funny, if we're not good, and I'm not, if you're looking for a tall bubba, I'm not it. I'm short bubba. But dynamite comes in small packages. Amen. See, you start, when God starts to do a work in your heart, the second thing is to forgive as you've been forgiven. What does that mean? How do you forgive? The same way Jesus forgave you. Jesus has forgiven you completely. What does that mean? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all sins. But before it says that, if he, if the Bible says if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. See, I've learned this. If the Lord's convicted me about a, a, something in my life, it's my responsibility to take care of it. The government can't provide what only I can do. Can y'all get that? There's not a program. The program is called repentance. Repentance means that I come to God and go, I see my sin. I hate my sin. I forsake my sin. I'm running from that. That thing has no more room in my life. In fact, I'm getting the shovel out in the spirit, and I'm going to dig deep down. And if the fruits of the flesh come out like lying, cussing, cheating, you know, I mean, all that, while I'm doing it, God, clean me, clean me up. Because what happens is when God comes and invades a life, he wants you and he wants you completely. It's like when I got married and I married my beautiful wife. And this is what it's like. I just got to give you a picture. And it's a bad picture, but I'm going to use it anyway. It would be like me taking her down to the altar and saying, baby, I marry you. You're all, I'm all yours. You're all mine. We make a covenant. Not, not, just, not just a promise between us. We make a covenant before God. But in the back of my mind, I go, when I'm making that covenant, I go, but God, you know, a trick or two here and there ain't going to hurt, hurt her. I mean, she's my wife, but I, I, she, can, she can go be with someone else for a little bit. Now, y'all look at me. Pastor, are you trying to start some new? No, I'm not. But see, that's what happens. 
When we don't listen to the voice of God and hear God speaking, we play the harlot. We become like a Samson. We get lured by Delilah. Hello? And what did Samson have to do? I mean, he had to cry out to God. Because Delilah had deceived him, manipulated him, and that's what the world is all about, and that's why you need the Word of God in your life. Am I in the right place this morning? We need to love the Word of God. We need to love the things that God has for us, the giftings, the call, the purpose, the future God has for us, like we shared last week. See, it says, Christ is forgiving us. Christ is forgiving you consistently. I mean, you know, the thing I love about God is constantly forgiving me consistently, And that's what God wants us to do toward other people the same way. That we consistently forgive someone and we constantly forgive someone. And when it tries to come in our minds, we know that we can't forget, but we go, God, I give it back to you. It's kind of like being in in the race. God, here's the baton. I'm not holding it, God. I'm passing it to you. You run the anchor leg. You you, You run the anchor leg. You finish the race for me. Because I can't do this race by myself. I need God in my life. You see, Colossians says it like this. And this is a great word. Listen to this word. It's a great word. It's, a, it's like a promise. Make allowance for each other's faults. Oh, how many of you know all of us got faults? How many of you know we all got junk in the trunk sometimes? We all do. And, and, isn't, and forgive anyone who offends you. Whoa, let's stop there. Jesus said this, offenses will come. Just don't build a fence up. Don't build a fence between a relationship. He's saying this, he said, offenses, and he says, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It doesn't say you might think about it, feel like it. What does it say? Say it with me. For those that are having a hard time with it and you're a little slow, let's say it again. You what? Must. And so what happens is you must forgive others. That's how you forgive. You forgive as you've been forgiven. Peter asked Jesus one time, said, Lord, you know it. How many times should I forgive? Should I forgive at least seven times? Jesus said, no, no. Seventy times seven, Peter. That's how often. And Jesus said, no, don't forgive. He said, Which is the picture of what? It's just keep on forgiving. See, I've learned this. And I want you to to pay attention up here real real quick. The forgiven forgive others. Can I say that again? The forgiven. How many of you have been forgiven? Come on. The rest of you, you, you're still waiting, right? Okay. How many of you have been forgiven? Let's just go. Come on, just show it right there. So, but I never raised my hand in church, Pastor, and I never had two questions at one time. Just <laughs> See, this is my prayer this week. There's many of you that have allowed things in your life, and it's blocked your view of the goodness of God. For God to give you that new name that I talked about last week. Not only that, It's a new purpose in your life. You can't even, you're walking around like, kind of like Dr. Seuss's book, Are You My Mother? You know, but are you my God? And you're looking everywhere else but to him. And he's saying, if you just get rid of this, if you give me this, then you'll know who, who you belong to. 
And then he'll give you a great future. Because see, as a pastor, my responsibility is to just give you a word to stand on every week. And this week, I believe it's this. Forgiveness. And see, with forgiveness, if you walk in unforgiveness, what it keeps you from, it keeps you from being, allowing the Holy Spirit to awaken your mind. And see, this is what I'm praying. God, open up eyes and hearts and minds this morning. I'm not going hocus pocus, yabba dabba do. But what I am saying, God, open people's eyes. Take the scales off of our eyes so that we see you for who you really are. And what you really want in our lives. You want us to have freedom. You want us to experience your life. You have such an exciting moment for our lives. And what you want to do. You want to pour out your spirit. Empower us like we've all longed to be empowered. But the cool thing is. It's not just being awakened. Our eyes be open. But you know what? For visitation. What does that mean, Pastor? Where God just shows up. Just shows up. What does that mean, Pastor? That God shows up in your life, where you're at, in your need, right now, what you're dealing with. He shows up. And he, guess what? And you know when God shows up, he acts like God. What does that mean, Pastor? He don't ask you, he don't need to ask your permission. He'll just show up. And what he'll do is say, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I want to deal with. This is what I need you to understand. And what happens is then God opens our, our understanding. And the next thing and the final thing is, you know what happens? When you have an awakening and a visitation, you know what happens? A transformation. What does that mean, Pastor Bob? A transformation is you're no longer the same. You know, I was talking to one of the guys this morning of a teen challenge and They've got our jambalaya dinners, and they're out. And I said, how long have you been in the program? He goes, four months. And I said, bro, you know, I just looked at him. He said, let me tell you something. 35 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. My life was run by drugs, alcohol, thinking I was God's gift to women, which I really found out I really wasn't. But that was 35 years ago. And if God can do that in me, I looked at him, he can sure enough do it in you. See what God wants to do, guys, this morning? And I believe he is. I believe he's awakened some of us this morning. How many say, Pastor, but I see in things I didn't see before. Okay? And then not only that, that he wants to visit you this morning. He loves you enough that he just wants to visit you. That means, you know what that means? Set up house in your heart. Wouldn't that be cool? You go, but wait a minute, God, I got to clean my kitchen. The dishes are dirty. No, God's going, it's all right. We'll go room to room. We'll go room to room. Let me help you and direct you how we clean this mess up. And then what he does is he makes you a new person. What you used to be, you no longer anymore. Amen. And so this morning, you guys go ahead and play. Just. We have to migrate from just hoping. And here's what I want to do. We need to migrate from just hope to migrate to faith that, migrate, that goes to expectation.